Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia. Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Welcome back, everybody. How you doing today, Care? Not bad. All right. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, we're back again, and we are drinking from a brewery I have never heard of, but picked up on a road trip. Road Country trip beer road trip beer. Two. Road trip. Um, <clears throat> one of many. Uh, we're going to drink beer from Country Boy Brewing, which is currently out of Georgetown, Kentucky. So we went on a road trip, a family road trip, um, down to Tennessee, actually, and I stopped on our way back a couple of times, but picked up um, this beer. I had never heard of it, and the names caught my eye, so we're drinking tonight uh, Cougar Bait and Shotgun Wedding. Um, <laughs> now, which, I know exactly what those beers are. Right? Yeah, no. So, which felt appropriate for the Country Boy Brewing name. And uh, I thought, you know, why not get something right? unique? This is road trip beer. So, on our way home from Tennessee, we uh, picked up some Kentucky beer for us. And that's what we're going to drink tonight. I think that sounds great. So, let's let's, do uh, it. let's open Cougar Bait. We're going to drink an American Blonde Ale. A uh, Blonde Ale. Cool. Yeah. So, I feel like we've had a little bit more of the Blonde Ales lately. Is Blonde like a summer thing and Maybe. we just didn't notice it? I guess. Any fisherman worth his salt will tell you it's all about the bait. <laughs> Lucky for you, you're holding the good stuff. That's fantastic. Cougar bait is sure to help with your catch, whatever you may be fishing for. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love flavor text. That is wonderful. That's kind of fantastic. So, um, yeah. All so right. Tell me about Country Boy Brewing, Lauren. Oh, do you want, let's have a taste of this first. Let's have a taste and first then and then we'll yeah. do that. Okay. Blondale. Just pretty much Blondale. No adjuncts. What a refreshing change. Tastes like Blondale. Mm. Honestly. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it's it pretty tastes good, great. actually. It's got, you know, we drank that lemon pound cake one last episode, and mm-hmm. um, and now having just a Blondale, I get why the lemon pound cake was so good, because this base is, is yeah. I mean, essentially this is the base of the beer yeah, we had for last sure. time. It's a and, base Blondale. And this is perfect. It's a perfect vehicle for something like that. It's got it that is. a little bit of a lemony flavor on its own. Yeah. Uh, it's just, this it's is a crisp. You know, we were saying, like, is this a summer beer? It, this is totally a mm-hmm. summer beer. That's why there's so many of these blonde yeah. ales lately. What is wrong with is, us? This <laughs> is 100% a 
sit outside, drink the yeah, one hundred percent. You could absolutely drink this after mowing your lawn mm-hmm. or pulling weeds or doing lawnmower beer for sure. It's a lawnmower beer for sure. This is good. It's got a crisp, crisp, clean mm. flavor to it. It's really tasty. It's very just, uh, it's just, it's it's actually really good. It's I like very, it. Yeah, I, I like. I, it. I maybe like we like Lawndales. Who knew? We just need to find Who the right knew? ones. Yeah. This is this. I mean, this is just a plain, but this is and it's it is a really good base. And maybe maybe we need to look for some Blondales that have more complimentary adjuncts as opposed to some of. I think the part of the problem with the Blondales we've had maybe in the past is the adjuncts that are included in it. Right. So, but this. Well, and I think that it just is a little bit of a shock to the system. This this strong a flavor of beer by itself, mm-hmm. uh, and then putting something in it that doesn't directly complement yeah. it, rather than maybe supplement it in a different way is mm-hmm. just it's it's too shocking yeah i would agree but this is actually really tasty i this would totally yeah, have I really this like outside this. so a couple things here so country boy brewing when i first saw this beer in the store and i saw the names of them i was like okay this has got to just be some podunk small you know sure. like whatever you know it's a very kind of you tongue-in-cheek, I stereotyped. Yeah. So, um, but all right. So, country boy brewing, brewing. Sorry. Um, it was started by essentially four guys that were from Kentucky. Um, two of them were actually teaching in Japan at the time and fell in love with brewing. Um, they came back, they met a part, one of their partners through a local homebrew club back in Kentucky and then pulled in one of their brothers into it to start Country Boy Brewing, which was founded in 2012. Um, so well-traveled the world, teachers, like, you know, they, um... You know, so 2012, they started in Lexington, actually, and then expanded in 2017 to Georgetown and then expanded again with a $1.8 million expansion. They are now the largest production brewery in the state of Kentucky. What? 22,500 square feet with a bre- of brewing with a tap room and an office, a thousand barrel fermentation space, and they can produce up to 30,000 barrels of beer in their facility. Holy cow. So I read this and picked it up. It was like, oh, they're just some small town, like making funny with their names and blah, blah. They're big. They're legit. (laughs) They're a legit place. Like they are, you know, in 2019, they brewed almost 15,000 barrels of beer. Like they, you know, they they distribute regionally, so they're around, um, you know, just Nashville, Southern Indiana, Kentucky, West Virginia, Indianapolis, Cincy region, uh, Roanoke, Virginia. So they're like a regional, like similar to a lot of our brewers here in the Midwest. Like they're just a little bit east, and they've got a very large span. So they are not the little small town <laughs> brewing facility that I thought they were there. You know, they $1.8 million. They upgraded their canning line. They incre- increased their production facility. They're doing something called clean barrel aging. And the next project they want is to implement a CO2 reclamation system to reuse the CO2 that they're producing and wasting. So like, what right like so cool this is nothing like i totally generalized based off of 
purely the name and what at I the read. Can, it's got this and that's it. Truck on it. Yeah, and, you were and that's like, it. Oh. And I was one thousand percent wrong because their beer is solid. They're a big for Kentucky. They're a big facility. They're doing some really cool stuff to like wow. back to the that's you know so back awesome. to the environment like. They were involved in some of the, like, Black Lives Matter movement. I didn't read to see if they were doing Black is Beautiful, but, like, they, you know, were in the news. They had some collaborations with, um, I don't remember, um, I don't remember who it was. It was some African-American artist to do, like, a beer. I mean, they've done a bunch of stuff. And they employ a bunch of local people. Like, so, yeah, totally, like, this is a really, a place that if I just saw them, on a normal shelf, I probably would have passed them up not knowing. Like, I particularly stopped. I was on a road trip. I'm like, I'm going to grab something that's unique that I've never heard of. Sure. But, yeah. like... I love doing that. Yeah. That's but, how I came across Fantasy Factory. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, but I would have never thought that they have the breath that they do... Yeah. Um, ...from this brewery in Georgetown, Kentucky. So... Country Boy wow. Brewing. Yeah, if you're ever in Kentucky, Who'd don't don't necessarily pass them up just because they have some funny names. So these two beers that we're drinking tonight are actually two of their flagship, uh, their core okay. beers. So they're cool. going to have these all the time. And they do have, I believe, 12 beers that they kind of sell, 12 different brands. Okay. Uh, not brands, but, um, yeah, lines. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, so Country Boy Brewing. And this first one is totally solid like yeah actually, this is great it's a it's, it's a, a it's, it's a, a good simple beer. but it's it's a yeah. crisp clean beer is, you could buy exactly a case you, of yeah. and enjoy mm-hmm. this over is totally what you expect from a blonde ale yeah. so um so yeah so i was wrong for stereotyping and that just leads us right into what right? we're going to talk about tonight which is stereotypes so yeah i think we could easily get pretty serious here mm-hmm. and i don't want to take it too far i mean Obviously, we need to share our stories. Yeah. And I would like to share some times where I've stereotyped Mm -hmm. uh, and some times where I've seen stereotypes that have existed. And I think in the grand scheme of things, I've been pretty fortunate. I don't think that I've been the subject of many stereotypes in my life. Mm -hmm. There's a couple here, and I'm going to mention them. Sure, sure. Um, That did come about. But not for the most part, I think I've been pretty lucky to not have to suffer under that weight very much. Uh, My husband would tell you that one of the biggest stereotypes he has to deal with is being tall but not being a basketball player, (laughs) which was kind of the first thing that came to my mind when we were talking about stereotypes is that he quite often gets asked if he he plays basketball. Very, very tall. He's very tall and he's lean as well. So, you know, his frame is just kind of gives off that basketball player vibe. And his response is always, no, but I was a pole vaulter in high school, (laughs) uh, which are also pretty tall and lean individuals. So it's kind of funny because he basically counters with the other sport uh, the other that tall sport. and lean people That's will play pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> so i enjoy that a great deal uh on a more serious note i mm. remember when we were in high school we mm. went to a pretty diverse high school Very. yes i remember there was a stereotype that our african-american classmates were loud that mm. black people are loud oh, which okay. is a stereotype that i've heard many times in my life um and what I'd like to say in response to that is the loudest people I have ever met are my friend Rachel, <laughs> who is not black, and my very own son, who <laughs> yells everything that he says all the time, even when you're standing right next to him. 
Well, I would also say that, like, Chassis is very mild. Uh, one of our friends who mild is African-American very is soft-spoken. very soft-spoken, which I don't is the believe exact opposite. I've ever heard her shout a word, and, and she yeah. is black. And yeah. so it's funny. And even in high school, hearing the stereotype, yeah. there were plenty of classmates and students that I knew that just did not fall into this category. And I think it was one of my first experiences with a stereotype where I encountered direct like opposition mm-hmm. to it it was also one of our first experiences with black people so I like mean, we went to a very, very white, white elementary, elementary school, school. so like having a stereotype white. at that point in our lives is interesting because it was from a group of individuals about a group of individuals we really didn't have experience with and it was completely counter to what we wound up um seeing in yes. a lot of our classes absolutely. particularly absolutely. so that's kind of interesting i always think of the stereotype of which my husband fits into 100 percent. everyone who looks at him says you must be a firefighter huh? which is true but he's got the mustache the and mustache it, it, so in his case it's the opposite it is true but that's no so matter funny. where he is in public people are like you must be a firefighter that is awesome and it's a stereotype i, I mean it totally is it just so happens that that one is actually true well we get <laughs> for some him. of that in the beer world i don't know if you've ever i'm sure you've noticed that dudes with beards are considered <laughs> beer drinkers if totally you've got true. a beard if you've every ever joke seen the about meme. Yeah, yeah every joke about craft beer snobs uh-huh. is a guy with a beanie and with a beard, beard. yeah and that's the <laughs> person that they're making fun of when they talk about craft beer snobs That's and so there's totally another true. Yeah. to stay in line with the whole <laughs> beer subject yes. and we've talked about this before a little bit when we talked about sexism mm. i have observed that girls don't drink beer yep that oh, is a stereotype, a stereotype. Yeah. that I encounter quite often. Mm-hmm. I've seen people in the beer groups we're in post and say that they're irritated that there are girls in line yeah, they for think beer. They're just mules. And I'm like, I'm drinking it. My husband does. Do you doesn't want me to open it right now it. and drink yeah. one? I will do that <laughs> yeah, if you no, need me to. That is still a, a still a stereotype. It's funny because I drink I drink everything, first of all. Oh, uh, me too. When we much. go out Typically, if I'm not at a like Italian restaurant or a winery, my go-tos are beer or whiskey. Sure. Which are completely counter to what every like ever yeah, and what every like waitress, whoever, like they give me the wine list and they give my husband the beer list and like first of all, we're going to throw away the wine list most of the time and we're going to get the beer list or a whiskey list. Like oftentimes I'm ordering an old fashioned or I'm sure. ordering something sure. and they never present that to me. So yeah, girls don't drink beer and often don't drink whiskey. Apparently I guess so. not, <laughs> but I drink both. Yes. So. Well, very good. Way to, way to dispel that yes. myth. Way to go. You mentioned to me, um, stereotypes that go along with tattoos Mm -hmm. and piercings and i mean we've touched on the impact that tattoos have had on our lives Mm -hmm. in other in other examples and other podcast episodes uh and i will agree with you that there are occasions where i have been met with some sort of surprise or response that i didn't really see coming as yeah. a result of those things, even if it's just an observation. Oh, I didn't know you had tattoos. Oh, yeah. Last uh-huh. time I saw you, you had long sleeves. I had no idea yeah. that you had tattoos. Yeah, I get that. Um, 
oftentimes in the summer. So if I'm going places with people that I haven't before or going somewhere and it's usually somewhere where I'm wearing shorts Mm -hmm. or a water park or they come over for the pool because my legs, my thighs are tattooed up both of them. So I've got tattoos all over my thighs and one's a a book. I've got a black widow spider. I've got a skull. I've Mm -hmm. got like, I've got a bunch of stuff on my legs and all everything is covered up. So you would never know. I have a single tattoo when I have like one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know. I've got like 10 of them. So, but nobody would know. So it's interesting to see that reaction because if I normally, nobody would see them. Um, yeah, and I don't know if it's I'm just the white suburban mom who looks That's, like... And there's another know, stereotype for yeah. you. You're a white suburban mom, so you're not supposed to have tattoos. Right? Yes. Yeah, I'm not supposed to have tattoos. I'm not supposed to smoke weed. I'm not supposed to, you know, whatever else. And you're I'm not, not supposed, supposed to drink to whiskey, Lauren. So all of those things, I enjoy all of them. Um, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, I agree. I, I don't like being stereotyped personally. Another experience that I've had is... I like football. Mm-hmm. I like professional football. But girls, you know, girls yeah. don't like football. At some point, um, Cam Newton, who's used to be the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, and now the plays. the best smile in all of the NFL, by the way. Yeah, and he's kind of adorable. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But at one point, and I used to really love him. And whenever I used, used to play to. fantasy football, yep. Yep. I always pick Cam because he runs it in for touchdowns sometimes. No, I get it. So you but get lots of points on Cam. Then. Which... P.S. is me knowing about football, in case you were wondering, you guys. Um, (laughs) So don't test me. I can talk about their foot in their mouth, though. But Cam, dear sweet Cam, you know, was he young and stupid or Mm. just stupid? I don't know. But he was being interviewed at a press conference, and a female journalist Mm -hmm. stood up and asked him a question about the route his wide receiver ran on a play. Mm -hmm. And his response was to say that he thought it was cute that Mm. a woman was asking him about route running. As opposed to just a journalist asking about a legitimate question. Yeah. No, I know. I remember that. And I was just like, dude, no. Why did you do that? Do you know how hard everybody worked to be standing in that room interviewing you? And you're going to single this person out because she's a woman and who probably worked twice as hard as the men in the room. Especially to be in that role. And because she didn't play football. Nope. So she Mm -mm. didn't just get the job because her name is Peyton Manning. Okay. (laughs) So... You know, she had to work really hard to get there, and you're going to put down all of that effort and time and energy and I'd education cute. to call her cute? Yeah. No, I know. This goes back to the sexism conversation we had a few weeks True. back, yeah. where I ask myself the question, is what the person said or did, would it have been an acceptable thing to do with a member of the same sex as them? Nope. Would they have? Would he have hugged my brother? Yeah. Would they have... Yep. Touched my brother like that. Sure. Who look at his arm tattoo? Would never say something like that to a male. Yeah, I know. Like I said, they always got to put their foot in their mouth. But yeah. it's interesting that that's yeah that that's a stereotype and it's sexist. It's both really, yeah, which is uh, so bad. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of things like that in terms of what do women like or what don't they? I used to. Um, I don't anymore. And maybe I will again. Maybe I won't. I used to ride a motorcycle. So, Uh like, you know, I had 
I had my motorcycle license for a bit. I still do, but um, you know, that's also something that's like, oh, is that you know, is that your bike? Yes, that's my bike. Like, no, first of all, it's small. My husband looked like an asshole riding it. Like, <laughs> It'd be like one of those clown right? Circus it's a clown bikes. bike. Um, <laughs> but also, yes, I did know how, and yes, I did, and yes, it was mine, and yes, I am a woman. So, like, you know, all of those things. Granted. You know, my husband probably gets... It's interesting. So we have, like, we have the minivan, and I never thought about it, but I guarantee you no one thinks that that minivan is his when he's driving it. I feel like they always assume it's the mom's car. Right. Yeah. Well, and funnily enough, you know, I just got a new car, and I keep getting asked, is Mm -hmm. it your husband's car or is it your car? Because I've been driving our minivan for a uh, while yeah, yeah. because I have a long commute and we are, are we now third yeah. car, but our our other car when we just had the minivan and one other car is an electric vehicle that's range was not sufficient yeah. because so of its no age. Right. So I was not able to drive the electric car that we that I used to drive yep. to work, so I would drive the minivan and I get asked, I've been asked a couple of times if the new car is my husband's. And I'm just sort of like, I've been driving a minivan for like eight months. I'm never driving it again. I took the keys out of my purse. Yeah, I hate it. And I was just like, I told my husband (laughs) that I was never going to drive it again, which is a lie. And I have driven it since the new car has come home. It's on principle, though. You're like, I don't want to have to drive it. Would I, if somebody offered me eat, even one dollar more than I owe on the van, would I sell it to them? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I told my husband that. I was like, I kind of want to sell the van. Yeah. I kind of want to do the road trip we have planned here coming yep. up. And then get rid and of the And then thing. sell it. Oh, we have 100% plans on selling ours. Like, or not even selling, just donating it at this point. But just uh, buying Yeah, when you reach new. the point where you're like pushing it into the place it's <laughs> Right? I put so many miles on that thing. I, but I drive far to work. And yeah. like, we've done a bunch of road Me trips. Me too. But um, on the flip side, whenever I take my husband's truck anywhere, like, that's the, oh, is that your husband's truck? And yes, it is. But who's to say that I can't drive a truck? Like, yeah, is there a rule against it? I mean, yeah. I haven't ruled out the possibility of me buying a Ford Lightning, yeah. mm-hmm. which is an electric pickup truck, and mm-hmm. it being the vehicle that I would primarily drive. Yep, yep. And yeah. if someone at any point was like, why did you buy a pickup truck? What do you need that for? I would say, well, first of all, it's mm-hmm. practical because it's a pickup truck. Yeah. And secondly, it's electric, so it also- doesn't cost me anything to drive it to and from work. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, is there a problem? Yeah. Yeah. So negative things, kind of. But, you know, the other thing that we kind of touched on the tattoos and things and like my I think this is somewhat generational and getting better. But like definitely my parents are assume people that have a lot of tattoos, they have a neg- negative stereotype about them. Mm-hmm. And I think that they did. And they're working on that because my husband's arms are covered in tattoos. So, like, um, you know, does that apply to him? No, no, he's fine. But then you can't apply that stereotype to anybody else, you know? And it's, I know that I've seen a million memes out there that, like, people covered in tattoos and piercings are some of the, can be some of the nicest people that I was just about to 
you know, versus the like, and it's often about like church, like the people that are sitting in the church pew or some of the whatever. Um, I mean, I was going to say that about the guy that's tattooed us. Is oh, that for sure. I think David is the sweetest, nicest guy. Totally. Yeah. Like, also soft spoken too. And oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And I have zero negative feelings on really most of the people I've met in the tattoo world, regardless of how many they have or where they have them or anything like that. And, you know, I think that because we have tattoos, our kids are kind of just normalized to that. But I definitely could see where there's perpetuating that stereotype of people that don't have tattoos and um, a negative connotation, Mm -hmm. you know, and our kids, our kids don't like our kids. They think they're they they I don't even know if they think anything about them, to be honest with Do you. Do they want tattoos? They've never said anything about it. Like they don't, I'm just curious if they were yeah. like, When I grow up, I'm gonna no. get a butterfly or No, you know, not at all. They've never they I think they're relatively indifferent. They're just like, that's what they have and that's what and most of our friends have some and they've never really said one way or the other, which I hmm. is actually preferable. Like I don't care if you want one when you're of age fine like i don't care right. you know sure. it doesn't bother me um obviously i wouldn't let you get something completely like not tasteful or whatever and i wouldn't well, let you, wanna, you get don't want them putting an obscenity on their forehead yeah. and i'm not anything. letting you get a face tattoo and i know lots of people think that they should be fine but there are still jobs out there that will not let you have that so if you don't have your career yet i'm gonna be somewhat restrictive if you want to get one on your leg on your arm oh, on your yeah, back sure, or whatever. whatever your shoulder cool like whatever but yeah no our kids don't have i like that our kids don't have that um i don't really think i can't think of much that they stereotype and i think part of that is because we've exposed them to so many different people so many different like professions so many different things like my daughter wants to be either a nassau engineer or a hairdresser and she thinks they're equal like in her head they're the same because they're jobs, like, which is totally fine. Right. But, like, Good they have no, like, reference of any, very many, at least, that I'm aware of stereotypes, which is great. Uh, I'd like to, to keep that up. But it is interesting when I think about all of the stereotypes that are out there and, like... You watch TV and it's, you know, there's stereotypes everywhere. Well, and if you watch any movie that came out more than about five to ten years ago, Mm -hmm. and you watch that movie, like, like I was on a quest at one point to find movies that had, like, strong female characters that weren't motivated by love or procreation. And if you go back far enough, like I said, five to ten plus years, There are not female characters that are are not are there for purposes other than love interest mm-hmm. or they're the mother of the children sure. or something like that. And huh. it is shocking. I mean, they exist. You want me to name? I, I can give you a really good example. Uh, Ripley from Alien. Oh, okay. Sigourney Weaver. She is the star of that movie. And her character is not motivated by love. She's not trying to save her child. Mm-hmm. She is not pregnant with the child. She is merely trying to survive an alien on her spaceship. And it's... She's one of the few female lead roles that doesn't have It's few that. and far between. Hmm. I mean, you know, some of the best films I've ever seen in my life. I've been listening to this film podcast and I really love it. Okay. Some of the best films they talk about on it. Some of the best films I've ever seen. 
Still, the female yeah. characters in those films, The Godfather, possibly one of the greatest mm, films ever mm-hmm. made. And what? who is the strong female character yeah. in The Godfather? What do we got? We got Talia Shire, <laughs> whose husband's beating her up. Yep. And she never oh, leaves yeah. him. We got Michael's Man, I didn't even think wife, about that. Uh, Diane Lane, yeah. who also puts yeah doesn't is completely ineffective. The Godfather's Just wife ignores. is basically yeah. nobody. Right. There's no strong female character in that film. And don't get me wrong, arguably a fantastic movie, not for female characters. Huh. I know. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. That's totally interesting to go back and think of the female roles in some of the movies when we were younger. Like, there's definitely been more, and they've done a really good job of making the female characters more powerful in recent years, I think. Yeah, as long as it's not too forced. I mean, there are times where I kind of feel like, you know, there was this part in Avengers Endgame where they decided, we know what we're going to do. We're going to get all the All the females, and that's it. And they're going to, like, march across the field together. Like, why isn't everyone... And it was so That, to me, was super awkward. That was maybe the most awkward part of that movie, is why is it just the females in a line? Like, why isn't everybody? And in case you're wondering, if you want to see... Someone do that well, mm-hmm. get all the women together in some sort of... I saw it at a television show. So there's a show. It's called The Boys. It's on uh, Amazon. It's, on, it's extremely yeah. violent. Brandon watches it, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's shocking. I mean, okay. it's hard to handle. We watched the first season, and I was like, I could never watch this again. Yeah. Of course we watched Of course the you continued. <laughs> Toward the end of the second season, there is a part where a few female characters unify at a uh-huh. moment... And it is so perfectly executed, and you get oh. the whole girl power thing, thing yeah. without being like, "Oh, this is so forced." Yeah. Unlike Endgame, where all of a that sudden, was super forced. All these female superheroes, finger quotes, right. show up together in the same spot, and they're all like walking up. And to it's like just Spider-Man. them for no good reason. Like, <laughs> yeah, that oh, that was super terrible. awkward to me. I was like, "This is like you're trying to do. You're doing this on." purpose you didn't have to do that because no. some of the female superheroes are some of the more powerful are some of the more powerful characters in this universe and honestly one v one we can watch them dominate you don't have to group them all together exactly that's the thing that's part of why it was so awkward like you have captain marvel and you have scarlet witch yeah you have and all i mean of they're these like shockingly separate. powerful there's no reason to put them all together in a line when they can stand for themselves amongst everyone else. Yes. Like, that's the part that was weird to me. Like, there's no reason to group them all together. They can stand on their own yes. amongst everyone else. I mean, they didn't put, you know... I know that they had a moment where Thor and Captain America and Iron Man are kind of standing on the hill together and they're talking. And so, like, there's kind of a... But this is more... These are the original Avengers moment. This is not a let's get all the strong men together. Right, at all. Because there would have been a lot more of it, so of them. So, yeah, that that part to me... We never... We actually haven't talked about that, but that part to me was very And it was... It fell into that negative stereotype that we need to group all these women together to show how powerful they are. And for me, that's like, let's balance the scale the other way in a negative light. Mm -hmm. You know, when we could make a film, and it didn't have to be an endgame, we can make a film where there's strong female characters and it feels natural and Mm -hmm. right without being forced and awkward and, and putting them almost, you know, against 
mm-hmm. what would make you comfortable. You don't have yeah. to put them in extreme positions where you go the opposite direction of the stereotype. Yeah. No. You could just I have agree. them. I just like to say, natural. here's just what you got to do. Just make a James Bond movie, except that James Bond is a woman. Mm. And let's see how it goes. Huh. So I'd watch that. You know. Yeah. So she's James Bond, right? So she like, she's like a super awesome fighter and she shoots her gun and she's a secret agent and sometimes she sleeps with random dudes and all of that's what James Bond does. And we love her for it. Yeah. Just like James Bond. I'd watch it. Right? Yeah. Well, that movie exists, by the way. Oh. It's called Atomic Blonde. I've never seen it. It's got Charlize Theron and it's very, very good. Ah. And it's got great 80s music in it because it takes place in the 80s. <laughs> It's awesome. It's a fantastic movie, and it is exactly what I just described to okay. you. Yeah. She's even British. I have not seen this yeah. at all. But, all right, I think we're going to work. You know what? Next topic, movies. We need to somehow put uh, this in. Cause, yeah. yeah. Well, I proposed the, that movie idea, so mm-hmm. maybe we'll do that movie thing that I we talked about. We will consider about. it. I won't spoil more of it than that. <laughs> that but. sounds good. All right. So, um, so let's see. I got one more. Okay. I got one more stereotype. Well, actually, two. So one is cat people versus dog people, which is kind of like a random thing. And the reason I bring it up is because we've talked about how you're allowed to bring your dog to a brewery for some reason, and that baffles me. But on not regular your cat. Occasion. Yeah. But not your well, not your child. But like, could you bring a cat though? Um, I was at a brewery one time where this guy brought his pet skunk. So I'm pretty sure you can bring whatever animal you have control over. That's interesting. It was beautiful. Though I freaked me out. I've seen, not specifically been to, more breweries that have brewery cats. Yes. Than actual like brewery dogs. What a glorious. Dogs. What a glorious. So. Well, I think the argument is that they have the cats for the mice. Well, that makes sense. Because back in the yeah, olden yeah. days, that was there were like factory that cats was their and job stuff there. like that, yep. and they would no, they would catch true. the mice. But even in breweries, I mean, they get in the grain. Yeah. Uh, so you that's know, fair. Luther from Windmill has to pull his own weight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that's there was another brewery we had talked about that that was the job too. I don't remember, but same thing. It was referencing that the. The cat earned its keep by, you know, catching the mice. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right, I, fair, and fair. I, I have <clears throat> a very special place in my heart for brewery cats. So me and Luther, yeah, we're I know. destined we gotta, to we hang gotta out, make it out soon. There soon. Um, yeah, you know that is interesting. There is always that cat people versus dog. I mean, people thing. why do they need to dislike each other? Why do you have to hate dog people if you're a cat person and vice versa? Isn't it fine? To just, just be, be animal people, like fine with whatever. Yeah. Like, like I guess, gun to my head, I'm a cat person, yeah. and I don't hate people who like dogs. I'm not particularly fond of dogs myself mm-hmm. because I have some personal experiences sure, that sure. kind of lead into that. However, I have no problem with anybody deciding they would like to own a dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't care what animal you have. You can have a peacock for all I care. I mean, as I long mean, as I don't have to take care of it, frankly. Yep. I'm not whatever watching makes your you happy. animal. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 is, it is interesting that... Uh... Just a funny stereotype <laughs> to me that you are a cat person, you're a dog person, and you don't like the 
opposite one and you you don't understand <laughs> people why are usually the one or the other though like they that's are a, you know they there's are. there's things like that like it's are you you know people there's probably a whole list like is it this or that like pepsi or coke products or cats or dogs yeah. or like ice cream you know like there's i'm sure there's some list out there of like which one do you like prefer and there's yeah. probably some sort of personality test that goes along with it. <laughs> God, I hope so. I hope so. Right? We'll have to find that somewhere. And the only other stereotype that I wanted to bring up is video games and being bad for you or being a key to violence. Um, oh. And I think it's a really big shame that I I get the argument that we more recently have had where you don't want your kids to sit in front of a screen for eight hours a day, which sure. I 100% understand. Yeah. However, if my child is going to spend two hours, for example, in front of a screen, Doing. I would rather, yeah. for the most part, I would rather he play a video game than and just watch mosh- a television mindless. show. Yeah, because then there's no actual, like, think. You could literally just zone out when you're watching something else. I totally understand that. Um... I'm not against video games. I'm kind of in indifferent. Um, and even I, I'm, I don't believe that video game violence causes people to be actually violent because you have to have that connection of reality versus pretend. I also well, and somebody has to <clears throat> somebody has to put that into you. Yeah, somebody has to teach you that. This is not reality. Yeah. I also I don't. Th- think that it's great but i also don't think that music has anything to do with whether you're a good person or a bad person that's another stereotype that like my husband has gotten in the past or we've gotten in the past like we've been to all kinds of heavy metal concerts like and i could be wearing a especially when i was younger and i like actually cared about what i looked like going to concerts like you know (laughs) i had i had dyed my hair black i was in all black i was like we would go to concerts and then opposite like going to work i'm in a button-down shirt and you know like i look nice so it's like night and day depending on what my social aspect is but i'm the same person you know like it doesn't matter and the music doesn't have any effect on who i am as a person just because i like you know music or different kinds of music and i actually like all music so like it doesn't matter what it is so you know, that's another stereotype that especially when we were in like high school and it, it was very strong. Like if you listen to this kind of music, you are this kind yes. of a person. Yes. Um, Agreed. Which is very much not like my parents even had the stereotype of my husband at the time because he wore black combat boots, black ripped up jeans, uh, like jean shorts. There probably were jeans at one point. Um, You know, like the chain wallet. He mm-hmm. had like... 10 piercings in his ears he had a huge beard and he had a jacket on the back of it that had swear words on it because Mm -hmm. he was a high schooler who thought it was cool and my parents were like hell no we are not what is wrong with this guy um and he always has been and still continues to be like the sweetest guy and would not hurt fly but that looking at him, even when they first went to college, like the first two weeks, he said he kept his door open and like nobody talked to him Aww. because like he blasted metal music probably. And like he doesn't right. look super approachable for the first time. Now he does. But at the time, you know, he didn't as much. And so like 
people didn't talk to him right away as much. Right. Um, so that was a completely wrong stereotype of him <laughs> at all. But anyways, all right. So we're going to go back to my stereotyping of Country Boy Brewing and drink Shotgun Wedding Brown Let's Ale aged on vanilla beans. Ah, uh, vanilla. Welcome back, vanilla. Vanilla. We've had a lot of vanilla lately. All right, I am going to read this. Okay, go ahead, pop that top, do something spontaneous. This light brown ale aged on blah, blah, blah is sure to become one of your favorites. Just enough malt to balance the sweet. I don't care about the description of the beer. <laughs> Shotgun wedding is a decision that you will never regret. I absolutely agree. That sounds great. Let's do it. Let's drink a brown ale. We haven't had a brown ale in a while. Yeah. Blonde ale, brown ale. Yeah, what a lovely combo. Right? Makes sense. I mean, like I said, these are two of their kind of flagship beers. I didn't. I just bought what what entertained me at the store. So I was like, these titles go good together. Right? (laughs) You know, just like the blonde, it's very smooth. Yeah. Uh, a pretty simple flavor. It doesn't it have a bunch of complexity to it. In classic Cara yeah. fashion, I don't get a ton of vanilla because, you Same. know, Same. I'm not, I don't know what that tastes like. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> it tastes like a brown ale. But it tastes like a brown ale to me. Yeah. You know, it's a little malty. It uh, is malty. I definitely taste the maltiness to it. Yeah. Um. I mean, it smells great. It's got a little spicy smell to it. It's, of course, it's it's a dark, it's a coppery great color. brown. It's a perfect color. It's got that maltiness. It's got a little bit of sweetness to it. I mean, I, I, I can't complain. It's a solid brown ale. Like Absolutely. You, this you, is good. If you like brown ale, this is, this is good. Yeah. Ooh. I'm pleasantly surprised. By Country Boy Brew. I agree. And we'll, you know, we'll re-examine our stereotypes. Yes. There's actually a scene in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, a movie I will bring up in the movie podcast episode. I love that movie. <laughs> I do I've too. seen it probably 472 times. I have but, also yes. seen it that many times. I can't wait to talk to you about it. Um, okay. Hold, please. <laughs> but at one point, he's talking about assuming that the scientist is a male and uh, he's true. like it's that woman right there and he goes and i'll also re-examine my previously acquired stereotypes <laughs> yes, and i'm just I like forgot about yes that. that's thank you, fantastic yes oh totally appropriate right all right i know i'm going to reevaluate know. yes yeah reevaluate <laughs> reevaluating all right well all right good good uh good drinking this country boy brewing if you see it if you're on a road yeah, trip go for it go I for say it go for it i would definitely uh see what else they got there they've got more offerings than just these so but um this was solid and definitely was a pleasant surprise and i do need to reevaluate my previously uh established stereotypes oh Agree 100%. Cheers to that. All right. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week, and cheers to you all.